Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we are going to be breaking down the conference championship weekend in the NFL. With it only being a two-game slate, this is going to be a little bit of a brief breakdown. But if you were looking to play DFS or play player props for this two-game slate, then you have come to the right place because we're going to break down both these games and tell you what you can expect from both these games and what you should be targeting in DFS and the player props market. And we're going to be talking about kind of just how, how the strategies of these two teams are going to be affecting the games and how they can affect how you should be building your DFS lineups and how you should be picking player props for these two games. So um, if that interests you, then you are in the right place. Make sure you subscribe to um, the audio feed. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. If you have been here with us for the entirety of NFL season, then I appreciate you being here with us. um, And I hope that you will join us for another sport such as um, golf or college basketball, which are in season right now. And then we're going to have some off-season football content as well. So if you are subscribed to the YouTube channel and subscribed to the audio feed, then you can get notified when all those episodes drop and you can be back with us for the 2024 season. All right. So without further ado, this looks to be a great conference championship Sunday. So um, really two games that I'm looking forward to watching as a football fan. Um, And so we're going to break them down here for you on this podcast, starting off with the AFC title game, the Chiefs taking on the Ravens. So let's go ahead and end the introduction right there, and let's go ahead and get down to it. So Kansas City taking on Baltimore is the first game of the day, and I was three for four last week with my picks. I I only missed the Texans beating the Ravens. I really thought that this Ravens team was going to do what they did in the playoffs every year, but it appears that they are a different Ravens team. And so now they've got a home game for the AFC title game, but they are taking on the king of the NFL, Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. And um, this is a big game. Like this could be a real like handing of the crown situation if Lamar Jackson is able to win because Lamar is going to win NFL MVP and he could end up winning a Super Bowl as well if he gets by these Chiefs. So um, this game currently is projected to be, according to Vegas, Baltimore minus four with a total of 44 and a half, which means the implied score is a about 24 to 20 in favor of Baltimore. Now, if you were targeting this game from player prop or DFS perspective, you need to listen up. Both of these teams have been playing a very low number of possessions in their games. In a typical NFL game, an offense gets usually between 10 to 12 possessions, not including end of half or end of game kneel downs. Last week against the Buffalo Bills, both the Chiefs and the Bills had eight possessions each. In the Texans and Ravens game, both Houston and Baltimore only had nine possessions each, and that was with a large percentage of them going three and out. So why might that be? Well, both of these teams do not operate at a fast fast tempo. Neither of them are top 10 in the league, and they're not creating or giving up explosive plays. So what you're seeing is you know with with Kansas City and Baltimore two offenses and two defense well really four offenses no two offenses and two defenses I had to think there for a second that are not creating explosive plays on offense and not giving up explosive plays on defense if you look if you look at the stats like Kansas City's offense last week against Buffalo averaged eight yards per play excluding kneel downs but they only had three runs and four passes go for over 20 yards so what that means is basically they're just having a lot of successful plays back to back to back to back without ever hitting like a deep shot or or like breaking off an explosive run. Buffalo in that game did not have a single play go longer than 18 yards. So Kansas City's defense was doing the same thing to them on the other side. If you're wondering in the Houston and Baltimore game, Houston only had four passes of 20 yards or more and Baltimore had one run and one pass of 20 yards or more against Houston. 
So basically, the translation here is this. Neither of these two teams are creating big plays or giving up big plays defensively. And that could be offset if they were going at a faster tempo and getting off a high number of plays. Because if there's going to be less fantasy scoring on each play because they're not explosive plays, then the only way you could offset that is by running off a large number of plays. But that's not happening either. And the teams aren't getting a whole lot of possessions because of that. Because what you're seeing is long drives of very short but yet moderately successful plays. So this environment is just not great for fantasy scoring. And so it also means that it's not likely to be a shootout game because there's just not a lot of plays. There's not a lot of explosive plays. And so there's just not going to be a whole lot of fantasy scoring from this game if you're going off of what these two teams have done in the last month. So what that really means is the way for fantasy scoring to come for either of these two teams is going to be one of two ways, either proportional volume meaning that their guys are going to have a large target share or a large carry share at the running back position, or touchdowns. So you, you really, when you play somebody from this game in DFS or in player props, you are going to want them to have to have a large target share as a wide receiver, large carry share as a running back, or you want them to score multiple touchdowns. That's what you should be looking for. So the good news is for the Kansas City Chiefs is that they are a very concentrated offense. Isaiah Pacheco is their workhorse running back. Um, he's played a massive snap share since he has returned from injury, and he's had 15 carries or more in the last seven games that he finished healthy. So excluding the games where he left early or obviously was inactive, he has had 15 carries or more in seven straight, and he's had above 15 fantasy points in five straight. He is, in my opinion, the second best running back play on the slate behind only Christian McCaffrey, and he's going to be in a lot of my DFS lineups, and I think that he might make for a sneaky over-rush yards or over rushing attempts in the player prop market. Now against Buffalo, Travis Kelsey had six targets of Mahomes' 21 intended passes, meaning not counting his two throwaways, meaning Kelsey had a 29% target share. That is what we call the, you know, the, what we said with proportional volume, that's what we want. 29% target share is quite large. Now Rasheed Rice, was in and out of the lineup with injuries in that game against Buffalo, and he's still tied for second with four targets and a 19% target share. So that makes two straight games where those two guys, Kelsey and Rice, have accounted for over a 45% target share for the Kansas City Chiefs. So when you're targeting this passing offense, it's going to go through Kelsey and Rice. And so that's what kind of makes them like targetable in DFS is like you know they're going to have such a large amount of the work come to them that they're just going to be playable for that reason. Now, if you're playing DFS on a two-game slate, you're going to have to play some greasy guys, right? You're going to have to play some guys that you don't want to play. You're going to have to find some value plays, right? And so might it come from this game? I don't necessarily think so. You're going to need one of these value plays to either have some unexpected volume or you're going to need to have them have an explosive play, which, again, we just mentioned they neither of these teams create or give up a whole lot of, or you're going to need them to score a touchdown. And so that would be how I would you know consider targeting value plays in this game. And the Chiefs have a few guys who I might consider for, for that reason. You know, Marquez Valdez-Scantling had four targets last game, the same amount as Rashi Rice. If he gets four targets again and, you know, maybe catches two of them, which is generous for MVS, um, then he might be able to come through as a DFS value play. Miko Hardman did get a design touch in the red zone. You know, they, they gave him the ball in one of those little jet uh, flip passes, um, trying to get him in the end zone, and he almost did. He, he stretched the ball and lost it as opposed to getting it over the end zone. So you very well could have seen like a seven-point outing for Miko Hardman instead of a negative one-point outing for Miko Hardman. Um, what I do like, though, in DFS for the Chiefs side is Noah Gray 
to me, is a great punt play at tight end. He's going to play like a legitimate snap load. He had three targets last week. He's only $2,500. So he is a cheaper punt play at tight end than some of these other punt plays at receiver like Harpin or MBS. Now, from this game, though, I'd really want to, or from the Chiefs' side, I really want to center my lineups around Rice, Kelsey, and um, Pacheco, and I think you can play any of the three of them just because of the guaranteed work that they are going to be getting. And Kelsey, his playoff resume speaks for itself. He's been incredible in the postseason in his career. Before this season, he had five straight 20 fantasy point games in the postseason before that game against Miami, which was played in, you know, like sub-zero temperatures. And and so he had 14 fantasy points in that game, and then he was back to his prolific prolific ways with 24 fantasy points against Buffalo. So Travis Kelsey is obviously one of the top tight end plays of the slate. And I think that him and Rice are going to be kind of keys for playing the Chiefs. Now on the Baltimore Ravens side, the way to build a winning lineup last week in DFS was to play Lamar Jackson and to not stack him with anybody because he ran for two touchdowns. And that could be a winning strategy again this week. A lineup strategy that I'm definitely going to create in DFS is going to be Lamar Jackson, but instead of stacking him with Ravens wide receivers, stacking him with Chiefs runbacks, where I play Lamar and Rice and Kelsey and hope that, you know, the the scoring on the Chiefs side goes through Rice and Kelsey, and then Lamar is able to create on his own and, you know, spread the ball around and create with his legs as well. I think that's a very viable strategy. The good news for Lamar is that uh, Mark, Mark Andrews is now back for this game. How involved he's going to be, I don't know. I think he's a high-risk, high-upside um, DFS play for that reason, and, and I probably would not touch him in, in the player prop market just because we do not know what we're going to get out of Mark Andrews. What it does mean in DFS, though, is that nobody is going to play Isaiah Likely, and this team is going to run two tight end sets, so I think Isaiah Likely might be a sneaky little game theory play, um, and, you know, again, thinking back to what we said earlier, for a value play to get there in DFS, you, you might need him to score a touchdown, and Isaiah Likely could very well score a touchdown. At the receiver spot, Zay Flowers is still the wide receiver one for Baltimore. He would be a priority of uh, that I would target if I was looking to stack Lamar Jackson with a receiving option. And then Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashad Bateman would be more of, I would consider, punt plays. All right, that does it for the first game of the day, the Chiefs and Ravens. So let's go ahead and take a quick breather, and then let's break down the NFC game between the 49ers and Lions. Alright, so game number two is going to be by far the better game to attack of the two games. We have got Detroit taking on San Francisco. Um, Vegas has this one as San Francisco as seven and a half point favorites um, with a game total of 51 and a half, meaning that the implied total is about 29 to 22 in favor of San Francisco. And so I think that this is going to be a probably the more high scoring game of the two. And I think that this actually is probably the better game to target of the two of them. If you're looking to do a game stack, or if you were looking to like really just onslaught a game of the two, I think this would be the better to choose. Um, the thing is with these two teams is really these two games, the worst secondary that's left belongs to the Detroit Lions. Um, and so I think that that is a matchup that can definitely be exploited, but I don't know if the 49ers are the perfect team to exploit it. So Looking at the statistics, six of the last seven quarterbacks to play Detroit have put up over 20 fantasy points, including last week with Baker Mayfield, who put up 31 fantasy points. And Detroit's biggest weakness in defending the pass has not been like, you know, these dink and dunk passes. It's been going deep down the field. And, you know, the San Francisco is not exactly a team that likes to target deep down the field. Brock Purdy only averages 2.9 deep ball attempts per game, which ranks 22nd in the league in the regular season. Um, and so, 
you know, to exploit that, he's really going to have to open up the offense a little bit and, and not, you know, kind of just um, check it down as much as he has. The good news is that it, that it does set up quite well. Brock Purdy rates out really well in terms of his accuracy rating against man coverage, and Detroit is, runs man coverage as the sixth highest rate in the league. Now, from a DFS perspective, I do think that Christian McCaffrey is the best running back on the slate. And I would make it a priority to get to Christian McCaffrey. Like, I just, I see it as very unlikely that he does not end the day as one of the top two scoring running backs. And I think you're very likely to need him in the winning lineup. I don't care how expensive he is. I think he's a guy that you just got to play. You got to find a way to make it work. There's enough... punt plays that you can make from both of these games that you can find enough salary to fit in Christian McCaffrey and that's what I'm going to be doing and the reason why is because he's such a workhorse and he is such involved in the offense from both you know the the run game and the pass game that he no matter what the game flow is no matter what the situation is he should be able to get there and return value and you know when you look at the stats he played over 90% of the snaps last week against Green Bay he really rescued them with that touchdown in the fourth quarter and the Detroit may be a tough matchup for running backs, but they do give up some catches to running backs. And as much as Brock Purdy likes to check it down, like this could be a game where McCaffrey sees eight to 10 targets through the air. I I just think he's the best running back play on the slate. Brandon Ayuk is the receiver that I would prioritize on the San Francisco side. I think this is a game that he could go nuclear against this bad Detroit secondary. Um, you know, we mentioned Detroit's, um, you know, love for man coverage. Well, in the regular season, Brandon Ayuk had a 28% target share against man coverage. And that's just, you know, that's a pretty good target share. That's more than it is against zone. It's more than Debo Samuel's target share against man coverage. Um, and I just think it's a great spot to play Brandon Ayuk based on the numbers. Um, and then when you look at what leading receivers have done against Detroit, like, it's very juicy. Like in the last five, like true wide receiver ones who have played the Lions, um, you had CD Lamb put up 44 fancy points against him. Justin Jefferson, 40. Puka Nakua, 34. Keenan Allen, 43. Mike Evans last week, 31. And so like it's bound to be a receiver that goes off for the 49ers. And I think based off the numbers that it's going to be Brandon Ayuk. Now the good news is that Debo Samuel is listed as active for this game. So like there's no question marks about it. There's no like waiting on injury news. There's not like, you know, a Q tag next to his name that's annoying. Um, and so we know Debo Samuel is going to be active. Do I think Debo Samuel could be in play? Yes, because could Debo Samuel very well, you know, put up those same numbers that we just went over? Yeah. And, you know, all the numbers indicate that Ayuk looks to be the better play versus man, but does that necessarily mean it's going to happen that way? Not always. So um, Debo Samuel will be in play for me as well. I probably would not play the two of them together. What I would be more likely to do is to play one of them and play Kittle. I think that mathematically, you you kind of get a little more bang for your buck if you do that, and um, you know it's more likely that one of the receivers and Kittle as well as McCaffrey will hit value as opposed to both receivers being able to hit value. And I don't mind punting off the wide receiver position on this San Francisco team. You know, Jawan Jennings is going to play some snaps. Um, you might see a little bit from like Chris Conley or Ronnie Bell as well. Um, but Jawan Jennings, the problem is. is that he was priced up a little bit on DraftKings and FanDuel from, you know, Debo Samuel being expected to be out and Jawan Jennings having a very productive game in the second half last week when Debo Samuel was out. So he's a little more expensive than what his current role indicates, Um, but he will play some snaps and he will probably get some targets in this game. Now on the Detroit side, 
what you're counting on with them is for, you know, game environment. Like they're going to have to be aggressive and, you know, be productive to keep up with this San Francisco team. And, you know, if I would rather play guys on the Detroit side, if they're going to be aggressive and they're going to have opportunities as opposed to like guys on Baltimore where they're just going to get like eight or nine possessions a game. And so um, on the Detroit side, I do think that even though San Francisco is probably the toughest defense left, they are not unbeatable. You know, Aaron Jones just ran for 108 yards against them, and Romeo Dobbs as the wide receiver one, who is not really a wide receiver one, just had 83 yards against San Francisco. So it can be done having a good statistical game against this 49ers defense. And with Detroit, the good news is it's pretty easy to see who the leaders are going to be. Like, um, you know, they, they run two running backs about 50-50. Um, the that part is kind of tough to predict, but David Montgomery has been seeing a little bit more carries than Gibbs in two straight, but Gibbs has been much more efficient and much more explosive. Um, you know, Gibbs has a much higher explosive run rate. Gibbs is also more likely to get the catches out the backfield. So I think Gibbs has a slightly higher ceiling, but I think Gibbs also has a much lower floor and a much narrower pathway to hitting value than Isaiah Pacheco of the Chiefs because he's probably not going to see the raw volume that Pacheco does, and he's going to rely on being efficient or breaking off an explosive run, which is, you know, not exactly something you want to be counting on against this San Francisco defense. Now, the receiver position is pretty easy to figure out for Detroit. Amon Ross St. Brown is a target machine, averaging 11 targets per game in their last three games, and he's going to see probably double-digit targets in this one as well. Like, there's just no way around it. The Lions only have one active tight end on their roster right now, and that is Sam Laporta, who is also nursing an injury himself. And so what I think you'll also see is more wide receivers used in the formation by the Lions. You're going to see a lot of snaps of Josh Reynolds, a lot of snaps of Jamison Williams, and probably even more snaps of Donovan Peoples-Jones and so I think all three of those guys are in play as punt options for the Lions. I probably would not play one of them um, in a more than one of them in one lineup, but I do think you could do something like a golf Amon Ra Reynolds or golf Laporta Williams or something like that. And I think even if you're not playing Jared Goff, I do think you can play a few of these Lions receivers because like we mentioned, this game is the game that's much more likely to see volume. It's much more likely to shoot out. And so if the Lions are going to drop back the past 50 times, that probably means that their punt wide receivers are going to be a little more higher scoring than the Chiefs punt receivers if Patrick Mahomes is only dropping back 25 times. It's just simple math on that regard. All right, so that does it for breaking down both games. And so hopefully I was able to give you guys a lot of information in order to build a lineup and, and see, um, you know, what you're looking at from a DFS perspective. Hopefully gave you guys enough information to, you know, look at your player props on underdog and prize picks and fill out a good card. I will say from a DFS perspective, what I'm probably looking at doing is starting off my lineups with Lamar McCaffrey, one of the Chiefs receivers, and then figuring out the rest of the value from there. And um, I, I think that's probably the guys that I think are going to be most likely to score big-time fantasy points. Now, in terms of actually predicting the games, I am going to go a little bit non-chalky here. I think that it is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. I think that at the end of the day, you know, we've doubted this Chiefs team all season long, or I say we, but I really never lost hope in them. Um 
you know, they, they've been hated on, they've been doubted, but they finally figured out what they are. They still have the best player in the league with a good offense around him and the best defense that they've had since he's been there. And I just trust that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and those guys, I trust that they're going to find a way to get a job done. And I think they will find their way into the Super Bowl. And then on the NFC side, I just think San Francisco is too talented. Like that roster is just the best roster in all of football. They don't ask Brock, they, they do not ask Brock Purdy to do a whole lot and he does just enough to get them where they need to go, and I think that's going to be the trend here in this game. I think you will see this 49ers offense put up a lot of points with the Lions being aggressive and playing catch-up, and so that will lead to the 49ers winning because that, that's the situation they want to be in. All right, so that does it for this episode. We're going to see how all this plays out, um, and hopefully um, we'll be graded to a good Super Bowl. Like I said earlier, I look to be back for a Super Bowl showdown episode when that gets here, but if you have been following with us for the NFL for all season long, we've been glad to have you. Thank you for staying with us, um, and I hope to have you back for the 2024 NFL season, so make sure you subscribe to the channel, and maybe you can find another sport to play with us, whether it's college basketball or golf or, or something else. College football will be back in six months. <laughs> um, you know, whether it's another other sport like you know find that with us and there's also going to be some off-season NFL content as well as so we're going to get more in the best ball content game this off-season so um make sure you're following us or on social media on twitter um make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel subscribe to the audio feed that way you can be back with us next season all right so thank you guys for watching and listening to this point enjoy the conference championship sunday games best of luck to you in the dfs and player props world and i will see you guys next time mm-hmm.